job. How many of you ever uh, interested at all in the Guinness Book of World Records? You know, there's a lot of different, really quirky, different things, and this is our record Sunday. And so I checked out a couple different things uh, in Guinness Book of World Record. The most one-arm push-ups with a hundred-pound pack on your back, well, done in one minute, was done by a teacher of all people. A teacher, I think he was from Norway or something like that. He did 15 one-arm push-ups with a hundred-pound backpack on. Guinness Book of World Records. I'm sure that there are several people here, Ricky. I know you could break that, Ricky. I mean, that's just like, come on, you know. And then I looked up another one, you know, I wish I would have put some of these pictures up here, but the, the Russian strong guy, the guy that takes the metal bar and literally puts it on his head and bends it over his head, in one minute he was able to do 12, belt, bent, bending 12 of them over his head down, it's probably just a piece of aluminum or something like that, anyway. This is our record Sunday, and uh, though we... It didn't break our attendance record. This month, we have done several things that I'll share with you that we haven't done. And I don't know if any other month that we have. So uh, have you ever broke your own record? Look at the top of your notes, everybody. Pull out your notes or go to your phone. Go to the Bible app. I checked it out this morning. The notes are on the Bible app if you want to go to the Version Bible app, which I have a graphic for a little bit later. Have you ever broke your own record, your personal best? You know, you're trying to run a 5K and you run it in 60 seconds like I do and you try to make it 59 seconds or something like that, you know. You've been lifting or benching or, and you tried to do your personal best and then you threw out a bicep and you dropped the weights on your chest, you know. It's fun and games. Maybe it was academics for you. You got a 3.5 and you want to get it up to a 3.6 or a, a 3.7 or a 3.8. You ever break your own personal best record? Lots of times we don't think about it this way, but I wonder if you ever tried to break your personal record from a spiritual perspective. You know, trying to break a record from a spiritual record is just like, well, you know, I've never really set many goals, so I don't know. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. For all of us here at Lifeline and LifeHouse, I'm going to set five spiritual goals for the month of October for us. For us, the month of October, for just one month to see if we can challenge ourselves to set some goals. Maybe you've had the goal of reading the Bible in one year. And maybe you read all of it, but you missed a couple days. You still probably set a record. You still probably set a record, even though you fell short. You probably read more that year than you ever have. So let's talk about a couple things, and I'll just set an example here. You can do this in the month of November, December, whatever it is. Here's number one. Number one spiritual goal is to think about others before yourself. Think about somebody constantly and ongoingly before ourselves. Begin to think, it isn't what I want to do, it's what you want to do. It isn't where I want to go, it's what you want to do. Unless it's fishing, I'll do whatever you want to do, Maria. You know, whatever it is. You know, you ever think, get to yourself and you think, you know, why is this such a big deal? Because to think of somebody else before yourself is a divine attribute. It is divine to think of, because the Me Too movement the me, me first movement, it's about me. It's totally opposite of everything that is God. The me first movement. It's what we're born with. In the Mark, the 8th chapter, verse 34 and 35, Jesus says he called the crowd to him, and he called his disciples to him. He called the crowd and his disciples. He didn't always do that. This time he called both. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple, listen, folks, if you want to be a follower of Jesus... He lays it down here. You must deny themselves and take up their cross and 
follow me. It doesn't work the other way. It doesn't say, you don't say I'm a follower of Jesus and I'll decide if I'm going to deny myself. No, this is the right order in verse 35. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. This is a spiritual principle. This is, this is a divine principle that Jesus Christ invites us to walk into because who thought of sinners before himself? Jesus. He knew what it was to deny himself. Let's just take that word deny. It kind of sounds so yucky, man. It's like yucky. It's kind of foreboding, you know. It's like, you know, I'd have to deny myself. It just sounds so uncomfortable. But I would bet you in a little bit of a conversation with everybody here, you've denied yourself of something to get something else. Or you denied yourself in order to be able to move forward. This is the principle in the spiritual realm that Jesus is trying to teach us. You ever deny yourself the cravings of food to lose weight? How many wrestlers we got here? Do you ever, you ever deny yourself food to make weight? You denied it to make weight, right? And, and you're able to move forward, you know? He's in such great shape now, he wouldn't even need to. He's just as thin as a rail now, Big John. All right, have you ever denied yourself of recreational fun time to do something else? that you really know you needed to do? Like, you know, you were getting ready to take the nurses' uh, certified boards or the law boards or denied yourself something that everybody else was doing, your friends, and you were studying. You denied yourself to be able to move yourself forward. This is what Jesus is talking about in the spiritual realm. At the core of the human sin of mankind is the me-first movement. The Me Too movement, they don't know what they're talking about, but trust me, we know that this is the way that what we are. We think about ourselves first. Why else would Jesus be saying, hey, don't be thinking of yourself first? He says, take up your cross, right? You know, whenever I complained about an inconvenience or when I was treated poorly or something like that, my mom growing up would always say, just see it as you having to bear your cross. I can hear her saying to me, I had, I never liked it. But I, now I get it. I get it like never before. When I'm complaining or whatever it is I'm complaining about, I have learned for about, I don't know, about 30 years that God has allowed it into my life to make me more like Jesus. Bear your cross. Jesus bore his cross. And then he says, follow me. If something is missing in your Christian walk, it's it's probably these two things this talking about denying ourselves and taking up our cross if something is missing you're probably living for yourself we all fall into it when i am the most miserable seems that i'm thinking about myself only you know jesus says come and be like me follow me don't claim to be a follower of jesus if i'm not living like you know the golden rule and the second greatest commandment are all founded on this principle If you want to be my disciple, you want to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, and then you are following me. So thinking about others before ourselves is going to make us more like Christ. It will lead to deeper spiritual connection with the one who denied himself. If you want to get more spiritually connected, just for the month of October, after that you can be selfish again. Just for the month of October, we're going to deny ourselves we're going to think of other people before ourselves number two here's the second goal 
Let's read our Bibles. Read your Bible in a unique way, you know. I would suggest to you, if you're new to Christianity, start in the Gospels. Sometimes you you get in the Old Testament, you got a lot of confusion if you don't understand what's being said. But I would say read the Bible in a unique way. So before you read it, ask the one who made it come alive, the one who inspired it, to help you. Ask and pray, Lord, open my eyes. Holy Spirit, you inspired it. Will you... Teach me something. You don't got to read a lot. You and I just got to put into practice what I do read. And so two passages of Scripture. Here's just a a shortened version of 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is God-breathed. Now, if you ever want to do an interesting study, study the word breathed in the Bible. Go back to the very first time that God breathed. It's found in Genesis 2.7, you know. God formed man from dust. He formed man from dust. And then what did he do? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he became a living being. When God breathes on dust, he has the ability to bring life. And the scripture says, all scripture is God breathed. Peter takes it a step further and he says, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came about from the prophet's own understanding. This is what people that uh, want to uh, argue about the Bible say all the time. Well, it was written by a man. It was written by a man. It's four men, a bunch of different men. And this is what they say. And Peter says that's absolutely not true. He says from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. He says, no, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. And they spoke from God. All scripture is God breathed. All of the prophets and all of Scripture, the men in the, uh, that wrote, the people who wrote it, they were moved by the Holy Spirit as God breathed into them. So when you read it uniquely, you start with a prayer and you say, Lord, open my eyes. And the reason we say that is because Jesus said, there's all kinds of people that have eyes that do not see. So you and I don't want to be one of those people. They see, they hear the Bible, but it changes them in no way, shape, or form. Lord, open my eyes. And so maybe you're reading the scriptures and you read something like Luke the ninth chapter, verse 26, and Jesus is speaking and you're reading it and it just kind of slams you in the face. Jesus said, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes into his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. And you think to yourself, really? I- I never really pictured Jesus to be that, but you think about it. If you're ashamed of your husband or your wife or your kids or whatever, I mean, what does that really say about how you feel and think about them? I am not ashamed to say that Maria is my wife. Would we be ashamed to say that Jesus is my Savior? But yet there is that spiritual pressure. There's that spiritual pressure out there. Lord, open my eyes. And then secondly, I talked about this when we were praying. Lord, open my heart. You know, eyes can see, but it takes a heart to act. Lord, I am not ashamed of you. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I, I, I'm not ashamed that I'm a Browns fan. There's people just like, you know, they're a Browns fan. No matter how much they lose, they're not ashamed. They're still going to be having their shirts off. They're going to be in the dog pound. They're going to be barking, whatever. They're not ashamed. A little loony, but they're not ashamed. And then lastly, folks, if you're going to read the Bible in a unique way, you need courage. If he opens my eyes and he moves in my heart, I will need courage. Most especially if he moves me to not be ashamed of him in front of people that are my peers, my family, and others, you know. 
when you are in a Bible study and you're with other people who are trying to live just like you, it is encouraging, and courage gives courage. I have a, a graphic here for those of you who don't know about this. Could you put up the graphic for the U version? Thank you, Ryan. The U version Bible app is the app I would suggest to you. It doesn't have to be the only one, but that's the one that we use. You can get all kinds of different versions. That's the one that we put the Bible notes on. This is the one I would suggest. You can put it on your phone. Uh, that design team that said you can read it anywhere. If you're at a doctor's office visit, you know you're going to wait 30 minutes at least. Don't sit there worrying. Pull out your phone. Do a little study. They have plans in there. All kinds of stuff. Folks, when we read the Bible in a unique way, it explodes our spiritual growth past where we are. Number three, keep a small notebook of daily prayers. And I put small notebook. I, 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 if you have a big notebook, no problems. But I'm just talking about just a small notebook. I, I put my prayers on my phone, and sometimes I have them written at home or whatever. And all I would suggest to you is, is you, when you get something like this, on the left side, you know, you put your prayer request and you leave this side blank. And the next day, you put the date, you put your prayer request. And the cool thing is, is, and there's a lot of different ways to do this, you can, as you read back through it, I have done this, I've read back through it, I'm just like, oh my gosh. The Lord answered that prayer. I never said thanks. I don't know about you, but that happens to me a lot. You know, Use a small notebook and, and write some prayers in it. Review it daily, and it will help grow your faith. It will help, and it will make you want to pray more. It will make you want to pray more, folks. And Matthew, the sixth chapter, the apostles had gathered around Jesus and they reported to him all that they had done and taught because Jesus had sent them out in the power of the Spirit to teach and to preach the gospel. It's what we're called to do. And when they came back, verse 31, because so many people were coming and going, they didn't even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. The disciples were effective. The disciples came back with Jesus and people were vying for their time. And people are vying for your time and they're vying for my time. They, are bu- they were busy and we are busy. Can you hear Jesus? Since you're reading the Bible in a unique way, can you hear him saying, you know, Frank, just come and get, get alone with me. Just come, get alone with me. Get your prayer book. Come, spend some time with me. Be in the scriptures. Next uh, Sunday, what, what is it, six o'clock prayer time? So we're gonna have a time of prayer and then we're gonna have some chili and we're gonna, of course, have some fellowship. But we're gonna have a time of prayer. And both churches are joining together at 6 o'clock here. We have a list. Dawn sent me some stuff of what we're going to be praying about. We are always praying for our country. Please be praying about our judicial system. We need conservatives that will understand and know that the Scriptures and what the Bible teaches is conservative and is biblically accurate. Would you please make sure that you are praying daily? Pray, pray pray. We want to see uh, this uh, Supreme Court get to a place that is more conservative biblically and cares about life rather than trampling life. So Jesus called them to join him in a quiet place. You know, one of the most encouraging things is when Maria and I take a look at a prayer request and we say, look at I was praying for this and the day on you see that God answered prayer. It will encourage you. So I would suggest that you let somebody else know. When you get an answer to prayer, 
don't be bragging that you did it. Say, look what Jesus has done for me. Have you written anything down since you have a record of it? Have you gotten alone with Jesus? Think about all the things that we're excited to share, right? Hey, you know, I got a picture on my phone of this big walleye that I caught. Hey, you know, go to Facebook. Go to Facebook. See what everybody's excited to share. And then weep, I guess, you know. And then ask yourself the question, are we excited to share what Jesus has done in our lives and the prayers that he has answered for us, when we pray and God answers our prayer, it will grow our faith. And for me, recording it helps me break spiritual barriers. And that's what we're trying to do this entire month of October. You know, if we keep a notebook of prayers, we're going to break our prayer record. Can you imagine of the number of prayers that begin to be answered? Because what causes prayer to be answered? Number one, when we pray. Number two, when we believe God can do it, when we believe God. And when you and I consistently see that God is answering prayers, I said, God can do it. I've seen what God has done. Number four, ask Jesus to show you anything that is between you and him. If you and I want to grow spiritually in October, we must practice what spiritual giants have always practiced. Go to Ezekiel. Go to Nehemiah, go to Isaiah. They were not afraid to confess the sins of the nation, but their own personal sins, their shortcomings. Make it a point to a couple times a week, ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything between me and you? Please show it to me, because if I don't take care of that, all of the other things that I'm trying to hear and get from the Lord, they're going to be stifled. In Mark, the seventh chapter, verse 14 and 15 again Jesus called the crowd to him and said listen to me everyone and understand this nothing outside a person can here's the word defile them by going into them rather it is what comes out of a person that defiles them there's a couple different things here but the word defile here is what separates us from God it's defile, it's sin, it's, it's action. And, and he says this here, and I, I want to make sure that when he says nothing outside, that doesn't give us the freedom or the right to watch anything we want, do anything we want, because, oh, nothing outside of us. Get this, if I'm watching something or doing something that defiles me, it's because it started inside me that wanted to do those things. Garbage in, Garbage out, right? You all know that. Don't try to justify putting evil into your mind or your body because, oh, it does, this is what it says. What comes out of a person is really where the problem starts. When you squeeze a sponge, whatever is in it comes out. If you squeeze a sponge and it's got water, no problem. If you squeeze a sponge and it's got toilet water in it, that's what comes out. If you squeeze a sponge it's got lemonade in it, that's what comes out. And life squeezes every one of us. It's going to squeeze you. It's going to put pressure on you. And what comes out of me when I'm squeezed and when life puts its pressure on me is what's inside. This is why every goal that we're setting is to change us in our spirit, to strengthen us in our spirit, to help us get to the place where whatever we're squeezed, Romans 5, 5, God has poured out his love in us by his Holy Spirit. We can respond in love. That doesn't mean we agree. That means we respond controlled. We respond in the spirit. It may even mean discipline comes, but we are controlled. 
We're controlled by the love and the presence and the power of Jesus Christ. So regularly ask Jesus, Lord, will you examine my heart? Will you examine my mind and my actions? You know, you go to the doctor, you know, twice a year for a checkup, checkup, checkup. Everything's good. You got to check it. But every once in a while he comes back in and he says, mm, your cholesterol's off. Or, mm, you, you got a, a lump here. We need to check that out. Mm, you know, the doctor once in a while in the exam finds something. I'm not telling you every time you go to the Lord you're going to find But once in a while he's going to show us something. Say, okay, work on this. Wouldn't be a bad idea to write that down so you really stay focused on it. If we're not willing to let the Lord examine us and we're not willing to repent, then we're going to go backwards. We're going to go backwards spiritually. So if we want to break our spiritual record in October, this is vital. Number four is vital. Lord, examine me. And then number five, be in church every Sunday in October. That's four days. You want to grow spiritually? Be in church every Sunday in the month of October. Why Sunday? A Sunday is a special day. In the Old Testament, before Jesus Christ had risen from the dead on Sunday, Saturday was the Sabbath, and that was the day. The early Christians changed it to Sunday. But the scriptures teach, you know, in the Old Testament, you know, the, the, the ceremonial law isn't necessarily what we follow, but we follow the moral law that was taught. And the Ten Commandments uh, are not swept away because of the grace of Jesus Christ. I have Exodus 20, verse 8 and 11. Let's just kind of work through it a little bit. Look at the first word, remember. Think about it. What are you doing? What is Sunday for you? Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. How am I supposed to remember? By keeping it holy. What's the word holy mean? You know that. It means to separate it apart. It's a different day than the rest of the week. To set apart. It's a different day. It's got to be a different day to us. Verse 9. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord. It's not family day. I got to be careful what I do, and you got to be careful what you do. Uh, it's a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. Now look at On it you shall not do any work, neither you, now he says, everything and everybody that I'm around, nor your sons or daughters, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor your foreign, foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. In other words, he was able to make the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day and he did it as an example for us, and it did it so that we would make sure that our weeks are surrounded about, around the holy day, the Sabbath day, the Lord's day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. I always put a caveat in here because if you are in a situation once in a while that you have to work, my wife is a nurse, she has to work every other weekend. If you are in um, um, healthcare or if you are in something that has to do with an emergency or, or uh, maybe you are a police officer, we understand that, we get that. But it's when I make a decision, you know, I'm going to get ahead. And amazingly, I, I told you this, I know a guy that worked for years telling me on Sundays I'm going to get ahead. I'm going to pay my daughter's uh, college tuition. And he did it, and he did it almost for 15 years. And he always intended, just that he got into the habit. And it's almost like the blessing of the Lord came off of him, and all he did was struggle and fight against his finances. Folks, if I can't get all my work done in six days, i got to just leave it. I decide at that point, do I want the Lord's blessing? 
and my life and my family. Is that more important than money? The early church, like I said, made Sunday. Their day was the Sabbath. It was the sixth. Here's the, here's the crux of the whole thing. If you do this for four days in all of October, you will be around, point number one, people who are thinking about others before themselves. You're going to be thinking about me. I'm going to be thinking about you. That's the people you're going to be around on Sunday. If you do that, you're going to be around people who are reading the Bible in a unique way. And they'll be walking with Christ and they'll be close to Christ and filled with the Spirit. And you'll be around people who are praying and drawing closer and closer to Jesus Christ. And they may say to you, you know, uh, uh, could you pray for me? And you say, yeah, because in my notebook, God answered this prayer. I believe he can answer yours. And if you and I are in church every Sunday, we'll be around people who are asking the Lord, Jesus, is there anything between me and you? Is there any sin? You'll be around people who are living without sin. You'll be around people who are living holy as we're required from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation. We are to live holy. We're not necessarily perfect, but we're to live holy. The world views Sunday as their day. It's their day of rest. It's their day of play. It's their day of shopping. It's their day of partying. That can't be us. We are a unique people. We're a holy people. If every other one of the Ten Commandments we're supposed to follow, why not this one? So the, the Christian uh, who is growing and has the most spiritual growth has made Sunday the Lord's Day. The people that I know, they make it a point to be in church and fellowship, to worship Jesus Christ and to be around others. So in your notes I have, don't be like a broken record, right? You know what a broken record is. It plays a little bit and then goes back. And it plays a little bit and then goes back, you know? I admit, as probably some of you here today too, sometimes in our spiritual life we take a couple steps forward, we go back. Take a couple steps forward, we go back. I think that if we will take these five points and it will help us to get on to the place where our spiritual life is not just skipping and going back, it's vibrant. It's alive. This isn't for special Christians. This is for all Christians. September, to remember, was an effort on our part to break some goals. And though we didn't break our record attendance today, uh, I want you to know that at both of our churches, this month alone, we had 33 first-time guests that you had invited and that came. And we got 16 additional emails from people who want to be on our email list. You know, And so in one month's time, we reached an awful lot of people, people that are now connected, people that some have come back two and three different times, people who we want to know Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. Jesus gave his life for you so you could spend eternity with him. We had VIP day, had a great luncheon last week. You know, we gave out all of the VIP bags that we had and we had to put some more together. With, we, may, we thought of the idea of VIP bag and all of a sudden we think, what are we going to put in them? But you know, the Lord provided about 12 different awesome things to put in those bags. We did it by faith. Was September to remember a gimmick? I know that's what some people will say, but that's judging our hearts. Our heart is to do anything we can to let the world know Jesus loves them. We found Christ. He saved us. That's why we exist. That is why 
we want you to know he exists. After all, Mark uh, the 8th chapter, verse 36, Jesus said, what good is it for all of our friends to gain the whole world and yet forfeit your soul? What can anyone give in exchange for their soul? Folks, you have friends and I have friends. You don't want them to go into the next life with their sins on their heart because they will forfeit their soul. What if you gain everything? You get the job you want, you get the girl you want, whatever. And yet you forfeit your own soul. The asterisk in your notes. Setting spiritual goals sets us up for eternity. And since these are spiritual goals... We need the Spirit of God to help us accomplish these in our hearts, doing all this, and I must be willing. That's the question I leave for you. Are you willing? Are you willing? Your spiritual life can be record-breaking. Every month, you can be moving forward. You are in control. No excuses, everybody. No excuses. I want to close uh, with a video clip from The War Room. How many of you have seen the movie The War Room? Okay, here's a clip towards the end. It's pretty dark, so I'm going to ask him to... It starts dark because the elderly woman has... This is the end of the movie. The elderly woman is always going in her prayer closet. She's got all her prayer requests on, on the walls in there. God has just used her to meet a young woman whose marriage was in trouble, put her marriage back together, and you'll see them flashed in and out of here. She is back in the prayer closet again. She is thanking the Lord for providing, and she is saying, Lord, here I am again. Who's next? Who do you want to use me to reach next? And it fuels her spiritual life. You talk about denying herself for somebody else. You never know what you are going to get in return if you'll deny yourself for the sake of Christ and pour your life into someone else. done it again Lord you've done it again you are good and you are mighty and you are merciful and you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it praise you Jesus Jesus 